Hello there, everybody, and welcome back to the Circling Seattle Sports Podcast. This is the 148th episode of the show itself and the 44th installment in the Seattle interview series. I am here with Jason Babin, obviously, as you can see on your screen today. Uh, second team All-Pro in 2011, a two-time Pro Bowler, 2010-2011, uh, uh, 12-year NFL veteran, a second team All-American 2003, two-time MAC Defensive Player of the Year 2002-2003, a two-time first-team All-Mac player in 2002-2003, those same years, all at Western Michigan. How have you been doing, Jason? I know that you've uh, been in the realty game. What else have you been up to uh, in your post-NFL life? Uh, really, for me, it's been uh, it's been great because I got a little more a uh, little more time uh, per se if uh, I can allocate towards uh, you know being dad. I have three boys, so I spend a lot of my time uh, with youth sports and you know doing activities with the, with them and the family. Absolutely, that makes total sense. Uh, so. You know, getting into the earlier years here, what ultimately got you into the sport of football? Was it a family mother, a family member? Was it your father? Was it, you know, someone, a friend of yours? How did you ultimately get into playing the game? I, I think it's a combination of probably all three, honestly. I was, uh, I was a bit of a troublemaker as a young man. Um, so sports were definitely a good outlet for me. I mean, I played uh, all sports. Even as a kid, I played baseball and you know, I played football, wrestling, you know, track, you know, any, any, any sport uh, where I could uh, get some energy out was, uh, was, was definitely good for me. I think that's how my parents looked at it. So, and it, and it kept me focused from, you know, trying to uh, behave and get, get good grades. Did you ever consider taking any of those sports you know, to the college level? I mean, I know you lettered and uh, were a state champion in wrestling and as well as lettering in track. Were those ever something that you considered taking further or was there always kind of a, a tunnel, a tunnel mindset? Um, honestly, none of them sports, I guess college really wasn't on the table for me uh, in the short term. Um, I wanted to be a Navy SEAL. It was kind of like my, that was my deal. I wanted to do that. And I signed up for the Navy, but um, with my, I got bad asthma and some other medical uh, stuff and they didn't even let me in so oh. I kind of took I took some time off between high school and college and uh I don't know just just hung out worked and uh, did a little traveling and um some of the coaches kept calling me so eventually uh you know a guy named Jim Knowles wore me down and went to Western Michigan so you know with with that call coming in the scholarship offer was there any other school that you know, even relatively came close in your mind or was Western Michigan kind of the one that, you know, once that call came through, it all just made sense? Uh, no, I took some unofficial visits and uh, visits, even some bigger schools. But um, I guess my uh, I mean, I guess my goal wasn't to go in the pros when, uh, when I made my choice. I wanted to be, uh, you know, I, honestly, I wanted to work with my dad. Um, you know, he owned his own company you know, did some small developing, you know, electrical company. So I grew up with him working and, uh, you know, I just, I want, I want to be, uh, be a part of that. So being close was, uh, was a big decision for me. How did you ultimately approach your time at Western Michigan? I mean, obviously in addition to your defensive accolades, you had three blocked punts and had three receptions for 55 yards. Were you just trying to, just trying to put yourself out there? I know you talked about the energy that you had as a kid was just kind of getting out on the field and contributing any way that you could. Yeah, I guess I was one of those guys that uh, I enjoyed special teams, you know, even as a starter, um, you know, because I was I want to make a difference in the game. I just I'm just a highly competitive person. So any any place that I can step in and, and help help the team um, win, I was like, I'm I'm your guy. So mo I'm, most of my offensive play was was blocking. Though. I didn't uh, <laughs> make the, the, the few passes. Just just a little just a little thank you. The love. Oh, yeah. 
so I mean, you know, it seems what I can garner from you is that you you just kind of like to let your work speak for you. Uh, what did it mean for you to be inducted into the Western Michigan University Athletics Hall of Fame in 2014? Was that sort of just a recognition of the work that you would put in, or was that something that meant a lot to you? Um, I think it, it obviously meant a lot to me, but not something I really even had on my radar, uh, especially when, uh, you know, Miss Beauregard called me. But uh, it's definitely pretty cool to be recognized for your, your efforts and your hard work. Um, even though there is, uh, there was a lot of people keeping me, keeping me on the right path and, and helped me get to uh, where I, I needed to get to. So on some of those rosters that you were on, I noticed there was a few NFL players that would go on and play in the league. Uh, what was your relationship like in particular with teammate Greg Jennings? Uh, Greg was a little younger. Uh, him and Tony were, I think, the same. Tony Sheffield was the same grade or maybe uh, right in there somewhere. But, uh, you know, they both both Michigan guys, which was pretty cool. Um, so I didn't, I didn't really get to know them, you know, in the college experience as you get to know some of your, you know, good buddies. Um, but uh, we definitely, uh, you know, don't stay in touch that much. But uh, there's some events and time to time that we are uh, passed across. So. It's uh, it's cool to see other guys from your school out there. You know, Greg's Greg's killing it right now in the uh, the sports broadcasting world. It's always really cool to see some of these older rosters and just realize who might have crossed paths at some point. Uh, and then, so what was your NFL draft experience like? I know in talking to a few guys that have gone on the NFL, some had really bad experiences with how the old weekend went. Some really enjoyed it. You know, what was how was that experience for you? Uh, mine, mine was great. I mean, I'm, I'm always the, been the kind of person that put myself in the driver's seat, you know, and I make decisions for myself. Um, you know, I think they wanted me maybe to go to New York. And I said, no, I'm going to be at my hometown with uh, my friends and family. Um, so it was exactly what we wanted to be. We're all hanging out and uh, celebrating. And then we had an early flight in the morning. So jumping over to the NFL, how do you look back on your time with the Texans? I know Houston had from what I remember was freshly a team. I know they came into the league a little bit later than most. Uh, you on the same roster as guys like Mario Williams, Andre Johnson, uh, D'Amico Ryan. So there was talent on that roster, but I know things weren't always the easiest. How do you reflect on your time uh, with Houston? Um, well, if you would ask me the same question 10 years ago, my answer would probably have been much different. Um, you know, as you know, our record was in my first year was one in 15. Then we were four and 12 and then five and I don't know. I, I can't remember. They, were, they weren't great while I was there. Um, and, and it really honestly had me questioning a lot of things, you know, including myself. Um, and looking back, I realized just what we were missing was that culture. You know, we didn't have that, that culture that has been perpetuated because they were trying to create it from nothing. And uh, it's, it's, it's a tough task. You know, even sometimes you can catch lightning in a bottle, you know, but uh, you even look at Jaguars. They're still struggling with creating like their identity and their culture who they are and what they're about, you know, their mission, visions, values, and beliefs. So to answer your question, um, I'm very appreciative of my time because it's made me the man, you know, even my time in Seattle too. I know we'll get to that next, but those two, you know, weren't, weren't, um, you know, if you look at them just on the surface, weren't, weren't the best moments when it comes to stats and experience and playtime, but they were the most important. I appreciate that answer. Um, so we're going to t- take some different stops in the NFL road here. I know this one, I'm sure you've heard this tons of times. Uh, what do you remember from that infamous moment when you held up the, the locks of Andre Elliton's hair? Was that just a sort of, Hey, this is, what is this? I mean, what, what goes through your mind when that's playing out and when you find out the social reaction after that game? 
Um, well, the first part of your question, I mean, when you're, when I played football, when I did play football, it was, uh, you know, it's almost like you can kind of take the mask off. You can be a gladiator, you know, and it's, and it's, and just play just with reckless abandonment, hit people, you know, and, and you're, you're applauded for it. Um, so it was one of those that was just kind of, you know, in the moment. And of course, you know, people that know me, I've, I've played to the crowd a little bit for sure. You know what I mean? I, uh, I, I enjoyed that aspect uh, without a doubt. Um, but when it comes to the social aspect, I mean, honestly, I can, I can really give two shits. You know what I mean? What people think or don't think, you know? Um, I do love poking the bear from time to time on social media, of course. Uh, so following that 2011 Pro Bowl season, did Tennessee fight to bring you back or did Philly's offer just seem better to you? I know that free agency, you know, with the deal that was offered might have seemed better. You had a good year with the Titans. What 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 happened in that offseason? So honestly, I, I wanted to desperately stay. But if you recall, that was the year Jeff Fisher was getting let go. Like it was just it was pretty much a done deal, even though he hadn't, you know, been let go. And he's like, listen, I don't want to sign you here. And then you'd be a square big around hole. If the new staff is not, you're not their guy. Like just he told me, like, it's not experience that you want. It's like if I was staying, we would we would be in the mix, you know, and it was a, it was a great team. Um, it was a great place to live. I mean, we honestly we had a we had a pretty decent year. I mean, obviously, the quarterback situation um, with Vince kind of just kind of went off off the rails. But uh, it was a cool place, and it was definitely on my on my my list. So, in looking at you know uh, that uh, other end of tenure with the Eagles, I know that from what I can reckon, it was sort of a changing of the guard. They wanted to get guys like Brandon Graham and uh, Vinnie Curry in. Uh, I have a guess for younger rotation. How did you look at that release? Was that something that I guess now you look at as a hey maybe they were. Uh, you know, this is, they're looking for younger guys that want to go in a different direction or is that how you were able to see it in the moment? Oh, I mean, who knows what the, you know, the ultimate catalyst or the thing that, you know, is that, Hey, we're going to get rid of you. But obviously I was, uh, you know, on the older, older side, um, you know, but I was, went on to play, I don't know how many more years after that, four more years after that. Um, and I just think uh just it's just the nature of the game you know you can't you can't be a little bitch about it you know you gotta smile and say thank you very much and move on so you know i don't know if there is any one thing that helped attribute to your longevity in the nfl but do you have anything that kept you going i mean your time in the nfl sometimes i think uh, quadruples the average amount of time that a, a standard player plays in the NFL. Did you have any secret or motivating factors that kept you around in the league as long as you were around? Um, I, I would say consistency to my regiment and always, you know, willing to learn how to improve it. And I got to be around some great guys. I mean, when I was in Seattle, you know, probably the darkest time of my career, I was around Patrick Kearney and, you know, he's an all pro guy and he, he is, his agent, my agent were the same. And I'm like, well, shit, Patrick's got to figure it out. I'm going to do what Patrick does, you know, and I, and I stole a lot of things from Patrick. I mean, after being there uh, with, with uh, Patrick, I mean, he slept in a hyperbaric chamber. So guess what I did? I bought a hyperbaric chamber. Patrick ate a certain time every day and worked out a certain time every day. You know, guess what I did? You know, I watched tape with him, you know, worked out with him. You know, there was, there was things that you can pick up, you know, from, uh, from other people that are, are really good, you know, and that's a technique that I, I still carry on to this day, you know, whether it's, when I started my cattle division, you know, I found guys who were really good at raising cattle. You know, I started my real estate division. I hired some of the best real estate people, you know, to come work for me. And, and, and you know, and, and basically, and one of the sayings that we, we have here is uh, it's R&D. It's rip off and replicate. You know, if it works, we're going to do it. 
So, uh, and then just being consistent with it, you know, doing it every day, all day in the, there is no off season, you know, you kind of have to live like an Olympian and embrace it instead of fighting it. And once you, once you kind of give yourself to that notion, you know, it's like, it's like when you're training and pushing yourself to the limits, you know, we just, if you just lean into the dark side, the pain, you know, you, you can go so much further. It's just kind of that same concept. You got, you got to enjoy doing it. I really, yeah, no. So that's, that's something, I guess the first aspect of what you were talking about, I, 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 you could correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like, you know, just being able to adjust and, you know, be able to go with what's going on and really uh, accept the changes that are happening. Cause that's something that I look at with a lot of our teams here in Seattle is teams don't adjust a lot of the times and it's why you fall behind, you know, being able to pick different things up. I, I like that aspect of what you were, uh, were talking about. Well, I mean, it, it applies in, in everyone's life. You know, I know yeah. we always use a sports analogy, but I mean, I coach high school down to youth because I obviously have three boys, but you know, there's, there's, Hey, some years I'm like, shit, I want to run a, run a, would like to run this defense, but we just don't have the dudes to run it. So why would we run it? Yep. You know, this is what we got. This is what we're going to do. It's just in life. We're like, Hey, you know what? Like in real estate, one of my agents, like, Hey, I'm trying to get listings and door knocking is not working. Like, okay, well let's, let's change our approach. Let's do some other activity, you know? So being able to adapt and have that willingness to adapt and that want to is, uh, you know, like I said, it's part of longevity and really just longevity is just success, you know, trip down. So I don't know if you're able to just single out one here. Maybe you can. What organization would you say treated you the best over your career? Um, you know, all, all organizations were, were really professional. I mean, I, I can't say anyone's weren't professional. You know, some, some were extra nice. You know, we traveled, they got, gave the players the first class and some player places give the coaches first class. Um, but, uh, you know, other than that, and maybe some, you know, honestly, Jeff Fisher was a great players coach. I mean, he used to, he, he used to, I think he enjoy some of the, uh, the camaraderie that probably isn't allowed nowadays, but, uh, you know, the players coaches definitely had a, a little, little hand in that as well. Was there an offensive lineman that you would sort of dread playing against someone that always sort of brought the fight to you every Sunday or is uh, Listen, I got, to be teammate, I got to be teammates with him, Walter Jones. I mean, you'd beat him in a pass rush. You're like, oh, shit, it must be a draw. You know, he was a large human. He had smooth feet. He just just moved, you know, and he's and he was a super nice guy. I mean, a great guy. If you ask him for something, he needs some help with something, you know, he'd, he'd help you out. It's always funny with Walter. There's the one block in the 2005 NFC Championship game against the Panthers where he just brings the guy, I think, from the 15-yard line down to the goal line. I just, I've never seen anything like that since. Uh, so that that answer makes a lot of sense. Uh, yeah. This one's kind he, he deserved of... the parking spot. He has his own spot right up front. <laughs> oh, he, he deserved yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, this this one's kind of in the same the same venue. Uh, did you have a favorite quarterback to chase in your time? Was there a guy that you enjoyed bringing down, or is it just kind of all the same? They were all you know dollar signs for you. Um, well, the ones I like hitting the most were the ones that look kind of like little whiny bitches, you know, and the ones that were cool and we you know we'd hang out and there's some that I'm still friends with, you know. I guess I I wouldn't probably give that little extra oomph on those guys, maybe whether it's conscious or subconscious, but. Uh, I think you can figure out who those little whiny bitches are. Uh, you know, do you have any regrets from your career? Is there anything that you wish you would have gone back and done? Or are you kind of satisfied with where the journey had taken you? No, and, and this is, uh, you know, and I wouldn't say recent, but relatively recent. You know, that I have my own business and responsible for hundreds of people's, you know, livelihood. 
looking back, I wish, and I know I could have been a better teammate. I could have been more coachable. I could have been more learning based. You know what I mean? But I think that's, you know, everyone kind of matures their own, own, own age, own pace. But, uh, you know, I, I know I can go back and, and do a much better job helping my teammates more, you know, because that, that concept of, you know, people always say it, the more you give, the more you get, you know, and people say it, but I don't know if they really mean it sometimes, mm-hmm. but until, until, until you're truly immersed, you know, in it and, and buy into it, you know, cause I was, you know, maybe I wasn't all the way in, you know, in retrospect and looking back now, I'd love to go back and redo it and, and really help my teammates. You know, I always help guys, worked out with guys, watched tape with guys, never said no, but I think I can do a much better job being a better teammate. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then to wrap up the NFL portion before we head over to the little Seahawks stuff I've got, how did you know that it was time for you to hang the cleats up? Was there a sort of a moment, a hit you took where it was like, hey, this feels different or just, you know, spending time with family. How did you, what was that moment that kind of let you decide, hey, I, I'm done with it? Well, I, I truthfully just really want a Super Bowl ring, you know? I could have retired, you know, at, at the Jags if we would have run the Super Bowl that year. Um, and being a part of my way from my family during the season sucked because my kids were older enough where I didn't want to move them in and out of schools. So it wasn't fair. So I would be gone a lot, you know, in those last, you know, three seasons. And it's, it just sucks when you're sitting in some city away from your family and, you know, what's going on and what's, what's, you know, even, even the shitty days, I miss the shitty days, you know, we had to yell out to the kids. Um, so to me, I was just like, listen, I just, the, the Super Bowl ring and the family, just family out, 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 uh, outweighed it. Yeah. That makes total sense. So just a few things with the Seahawks here. I know you talked about it a little bit, uh, but ultimately how do you reflect on your time with Seattle? I know uh, some of those teams had guys, you know, you talk about Walter Jones. I know some of them, uh, I believe uh, Lofa Tatupu, Dion Branch, Sean Alexander. How do you, you look at your time in Seattle ultimately uh, looking back on it? So Seattle was obviously, uh, it's, it's almost its own country for people that haven't traveled out of Seattle, you know, especially a guy coming from, you know, Michigan and then to Texas and then to Seattle. I mean, I, I tell the story sometimes to, uh, to people. Um, we first moved into uh, our little three-story or it was the third floor of this little, a little building on the backside of uh, Lake Washington and Kirkland. That's when the stadium or practice was down the other place. And per usual, I just went and, you know, put all the garbage at the road, bagged it all up, you know, I'm not thinking anything of it, you know, it looked nice, I bagged it, tagged it. And uh, a few of the neighbors, you know, to me, are like, hey, uh, we recycle here, you know, and I'm like, recycle. I remember telling my wife, I'm like, these damn hippies, you know, and I knew nothing about recycling. And uh, they, you know, then I was like, oh, shit, I don't want, I don't want to be that neighbor. You know what I mean? I'm like, okay, so I'm like, all right, they're like, they're like, we'll show you how to do everything. You know, and there was like, 16 containers i swear at the time you know and i'm like oh, i'm like you know i'm shaking my head about it you know but I, I i did it of course and uh, i think the neighbors were were appreciative of me uh making uh, an effort and i think in return one of the neighbors brought me a, a peace joint you know like a appreciation joint as a as a thank you um but the, the the takeaway is you know and there's a lot of other little cultural things that um you know that influence especially when you're a young man and young marriage and young kids you know, influence you that you don't realize till later. But, you know, like even now, like we got two recycle cans and one small garbage can. You know what I mean? There's there's things that influence your you and, and, and your person because of you, the perspective you get on the young at a young age that, uh, that kind of carries you with. It's, you know, someone who's lived here my whole life, the, the peace joint thing is the funniest. That is great. I've that's great. <laughs> um, 
how would you describe playing for Mike Holmgren? I know you talked about a couple of other coaches, you know, you've played with, but and I know that I think it, in that 2007 season, it was Mr. Holmgren. What can you say yeah. about him? Uh, he's definitely a great coach. Um, and, and I was kind of the stepchild, <laughs> truth be told. I don't know if I've told this story very often, but um, that was the year after he lost the role of being head coach and general manager. And the general manager traded for me. And apparently Mike didn't want to trade for me. He wanted, oh. he wanted much bigger, larger defensive ends. Um, so I think his words were, I didn't trade for you. Don't, don't think you're going to see the field. That was our, our first meeting. Um, but, uh, you know, I didn't let that, didn't let that slow me down, uh, but he was right. <laughs> <laughs> that is, huh? It, yeah. I guess that makes a lot of sense when it's, you know, not how you're running the team and you show up guy that you don't want necessarily shows up. Uh, yeah, and I had a great preseason, crushed it. I led the NFL in preseasons, both, both preseasons there. Um, but, uh, you know, that's life. Life's not fair sometimes. Ultimately, what do you remember most from your time spent with the Seahawks? Was it, you know, spending time with Patrick? Uh, you know, obviously you talk about how the city itself was, but what, what do you remember most from your time with Seattle? You know, I, the, there was such great teammates there. I mean, and I was only there two years and, and the friendships and relationships that they have, and, you know, you don't, you don't need to keep up with everybody, but then when your paths do cross, you know, whether it's an event or just a happenstance and you see them and, you know, they're like, oh, it's just, it's just you pick up right where you left off. You know, it was, it was just a group, good, you know, group of guys. So I definitely, uh, definitely enjoyed that. So, and then I want to wrap up a little bit here with the off the field stuff. Uh, how did Red Zone Realty Group come to fruition with your former Jaguars teammate, Kyle Bosworth? How did that ultimately come into play? So I have always been into building properties, buying them, renovating them, fixing them up, you know, getting my hands dirty. And um, as I started to grow my portfolio, I realized that, you know, the good deals you get, they don't, you don't, you don't get them when you, you find them on, you know, the, the listings, you know, MLS, you know, you, you find them because, oh, I got a guy that's wanting to sell it. Like, oh, I'll buy it. Don't, don't list it, you know? So I, I kind of wanted that aspect of it. And that's why I started. And then I, I have a property management vision to, you know, take care of my properties, but then it, it kind of started turning into something else. You know, people wanted to be around what was going on. And it got to the point where my bandwidth was, was stretched so I had to start building a team you know so I brought in a you know he's a coach you know he has his own coaching staff to coach the agents you know and they coach the teams and we have class we have training class for young agents you know now we have recruiters we have operations managers so as it grew I realized that I couldn't serve everybody the way I wanted to serve everybody and I needed I need to help and um, you know thankfully I've been able to assemble a, a really awesome team to uh, help any and all agents that want to uh, want to improve. Can you talk a little bit about your ranch? I know, I think you might've touched on it a little bit, but I know that, you know, keeping your hands full with uh, your sons and then the uh, realty aspect of it. Well, could talk a little bit about the ranch. So we used to, we, we don't have it anymore, but we used to have oh, a really okay. cool ranch that um, when we lived in Texas, it just didn't, it didn't make sense not being in Texas anymore, but uh, <laughs> it was, it was pretty cool. We, we used to have some cattle as well, too. And, and I bred some uh, uh, Wagyu bulls to some um, Brangus heifers, and we would have some some really delicious beef. Oh, so. um, and then so ultimately, I think I think you've touched on it already, but do you want to go in any more into coaching? I mean, is this are you happy with it with just your boys or? 
have you thought about doing that at a different level is, are you just kind of happy with, um, well, no, I, when I retired, I, I turned down a few opportunities. Um, but I knew that, uh, I mean, it would be worse as a coach. I mean, <laughs> um, I wouldn't be home at all. Uh, you know, but, uh, I, I do, I do enjoy coaching. Um, you know, obviously because my kids are there, so I could be around them more from a selfish standpoint, but, uh, I don't, uh, I don't, I don't think I would, would get my toe back into to coaching. Uh, that's the end of my thing. So I always put uh, socials in the description as well as I can, uh, I'll link uh, your realty group here. Uh, is there anything else you want to sort of leave me with here? Uh, just to wrap things um, one, up. One of the cool things that we just started, uh, we just started franchising and uh, we have a franchise rolled out in, uh, in Texas and Michigan and uh, we'll get ready to come in Aspen. Um, and it, it's a really cool opportunity for, you know, like minded individuals that, uh, that have that same kind of mentality, you know, that want something more, that want to grow, that want to learn, that want to improve, that want to help others. Um, so it's, you know, it's a little different model, but uh, it, it, people, people know when they come to red zone, whether they, they fit in or don't fit in, you know, not, not to say that, you know, if you don't fit in, you're not, you're not, uh, you're not good, but um, it's definitely got a, it's a culture and it's very purposeful. Well, I will make sure to put that down in the description of this. Uh, with that being said, Jason, I appreciate your time today. Absolutely, man. Awesome.